Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie <clears throat> podcast. Excuse me. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Vance. Hi. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry, I'm here. I had a uh, a little call waiting there. I'm here. Okay. We have Todd. Hi, Todd. I am here. We have... Hi, Todd. Uh, we also have a special guest. We're getting off on a rocky start, but we're gonna we're gonna plow through this rocky start. So we have a special guest, Mike Fretthold. Hi, Mike. Hi, how's it going? It's going good. We're gonna get to Mike here in a second, but first we're gonna get through our little spiel that we go. Uh, this show is brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products. FattyZMuskie.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, YouTube. Um. I know I talked over the last couple of weeks. I was going to put baits up. I was going to, I guess, reactivate some of this stuff on the website, uh, more particular, the hard baits. I'm out. Zero. None. They're all gone. So I didn't technically lie. I didn't do what I said I was going to do, but I can't do it now. That's because inventory zero. They're all gone. So if you're looking for some Raptors, hop on the computer and go to Team Rhino Outdoors for exclusive colors that only Team Rhino will sell. And if you're looking for standard colors, go to Muskie Tackle Online and order from Aaron. Um, Both places, great to deal with. Um, I recommend both of them. In fact, I'm working on another order for Muskie Tackle Online, not necessarily as we speak, but it is going on. I guess I'm keeping them stocked because I'm not. Uh, rod holders, a lot of rod holders leaving the shop. So if you're looking to get a new setup or improve on your current uh, rigging, give us a try. Give us a call. I'd like to explain the differences if you're a little hesitant about it, but uh, give us a fair shake, and I can help point you in the right direction. With that, man, my voice is crap tonight. Um, talk really talk about uh, thank you. Talk about Muddy Creek, somebody. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get a hold of us if you're looking to get out there and try to get some fish up here at Chautauqua Lake. Vance and I will be here through the first week or two of November. Very limited openings throughout the summer here. A little bit going on in August. And uh, that's still open and still got lots of openings in September and October. So get out there and give us, if you know when you're coming, get a hold of us sooner rather than later so we can get you on the books and we'll try to get you out there and get you on some fish one way or the other cast troll jig uh i don't what else is there spear yeah dynamite dynamite dynamite. (laughs) yeah we need a little dynamite this week but um aside from dynamite uh you will be fishing out of ranger boats when you come uh, and book a charter with us. Big shout out to them for sponsoring the show in Muddy Creek. And big shout out to Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. If you're in the boat market, get a hold of Tom and Victor. Order Ranger Boat, Starcraft, Star Weld. They have a used inventory. Used inventory. Uh, they got it all there. Service. Check them out. They're fishermen. They set up boats. They'll take care of you. Also, if you fish with us, we use St. Croix rods. We really like St. Croix rods. I really like the trolling uh, rods from them, their Mojo series. I've been enjoying using them. Um, Great warranty, good people to work with, solid product. Check them out. Perfect. 
All right. Tournament announcements for Muskie's Inc. Vance, you want to hit up the Chautauqua? That's yeah, coming absolutely. up soon. This is coming up soon. It's, uh, what do we got? We're like two weeks away. Um, on the 29th, the Chautauqua Lake Showdown put on by Zach Baker, uh, the president of Chapter 69. They're doing uh, a one-day tournament on the lake, Best Three Fish. Check out their website. they got a whole website up for uh, their chapter in New York. They're doing big things. You can find out all the details on that website. Uh, they're selling T-shirts for it. It's going to be a whole shindig, a big giveaway thing, a big thing for kids. Uh, they always do it big and do it right up here. Uh, Zach's doing a great job there. Also, big shout-out to Zach Baker Bates for sponsoring this show. Uh, we use them. We abuse them. Uh, and they keep getting bit. If you can get your hands on some, do it because they're great baits. Perfect. Another tournament announcement will be October 4th and October 5th. It is the Beast of the East Fly Fishing Tournament put on by the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, Muskies Inc. Chapter 64. Go to the website and you can get more information. Um, that's still months away, but we're going to keep that little birdie in your guys' ear. So, Anyways... Todd, Muskie's Inc. Muskie's Inc. Man, lots to say about Muskie's Inc. But uh, check out your local chapter. Pretty much all the states that have Muskie's have a chapter. There's the guys from Muskie's Inc. You're, the more you get involved, the more your chapter can do. But it's done so much for our fisheries around here, so much for the fisheries in Pennsylvania, so much for the fisheries in New York, and I'm sure it's the same throughout the country. I think it's real important if you're into muskie fishing to find a chapter, get involved, uh, Send, send, send in your membership. You get a magazine every couple months, uh, access to the lunge log. There's just a lot comes out of it. Real important price of one bait <laughs> and get your membership for the year. And you can, there, there's so much for the musky fisheries to gain and, uh, just musky fishermen in general. So I think it's real important to get involved. Perfect. All right, Mike, you with us? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, hit up, hit up your plug. Sure. Uh, Fredhold Bates. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I have a page and a group. I don't post in the page very often. I'm sure. I'm not even really sure what the functional difference is between a page and a group, but I seem to like the group a lot more. So I, I'm, I'm posting in there, uh, pretty regularly. I'm also on Instagram and I have a small amount of content on YouTube. So you can find me on YouTube and uh, hit that subscribe button. What is your name on Instagram? Uh, Fredhold underscore Bates, I believe. (laughs) I'm not even sure, to be honest. I'll put a link in uh, on my Facebook group. Anybody wants to find that? Okay, is your group uh, public, or is it like a secret? Okay. Uh, Yeah, you can find it. Uh, You just have to request, uh, you know, admission, and I approve them. All right. So you're. uh, Yeah. You're screening, huh? Keeping all the riffraff out. <laughs> I hit I hit accept just to front everybody. I just like to to see <laughs> see who's joining. Okay. All right. Well. See this. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna kick this kick this show off. Um, you know, first let, let's let's get into. Obviously, you're you're a bait maker. 
What yes. What has your fishing career been, and how did that lead you up to wanting to make baits? So I live probably a quarter mile from the Niagara River uh, in a city called North Tonawanda. It's about halfway between Buffalo and Niagara Falls, uh, but I'm about a quarter mile from the boat launch, and I've owned a boat pretty much my whole life, and the Niagara River is an incredible fishery. Pretty much any freshwater fish you want to target, you can you can go after on the Niagara. Um, awesome, awesome walleye fishing, bass, perch, crappie, pike, muskie, carp, you know, anything. Um, so I've, I've been fishing my entire life. Um, my dad got me into fishing when I was young, um, but he was more of just like a weekend warrior type of fisherman, uh, not nothing really serious. But once I got a car and a, a boat and, you know, I, I was on the water as often as I could be. Um, so I, I have a lot of bass fishing background on the Niagara. Um, I didn't get into muskie fishing. I, I caught a lot of incidental muskie over the years, just throwing spinner baits uh, around weed edges. I've, I've caught a lot of small muskie incidentally. Um, but it wasn't until I would say about, three and a half years this is my going into my fourth muskie season um starting uh on saturday morning so i'm like one sleep away from the muskie opener here in the, the great lakes uh, in new york yeah so i'll be out on the water uh tomorrow night around 11:30, waiting for the clock to hit midnight and i'm going to drop my baits back so this will be my fourth season okay so let's stop right there you're literally sure. going to be waiting for the minute that it opens yes yes i will be i will be watching the clock uh you know looking at my phone and as soon as i see i hit midnight i'll be in the buffalo harbor uh just kind of putting around there and then i'll I'll probably do a night of trolling uh to to kick off the season now so yes i'm I'm not gonna sit here and and question the legality of things but do you think it's really gonna matter if you put your bait in at 11 (laughs) 59 No, I, I don't think it would matter at all. You know, it's just kind of the, uh, a tradition type thing. So, you know, may as well just adhere to the rules. Oh, I'm not, I'm not advocating for you to break the rules, but (laughs) it's kind of, no, it's, I mean, I've heard of people doing that. It's, it's, and I guess that it's without a closed season here. It's so it's, it's a different angle that I'm looking at this. I'd be like, well, why don't you sleep in and then go hit it because <laughs> you got a whole long time to yeah. do this. <laughs> it's a long, it is a long season. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to burn myself out or anything, but there's a lot of guys in the a local club that I'm in that I'll get into later. But uh, a lot of those guys do the same thing. They wait, they get out on the water and drop their lures back at midnight. So hey, kind of join, yeah. join in the crowd. So you, so you got this like crowd thing going now. Is it, kind of like an unofficial competition that you guys are all like in a group text with each other. It's like first one, you know, everyone throws in a buck in the hat and the first one to get a fish. <laughs> no, no, that, that's a good idea. Uh, I, uh, I don't, there's not really much competition to, to opening night. There's, we'll all report our catches, uh, you know, uh, in, on the club site and everything, but I haven't really heard of any type of uh, competition in that in that regards from opening night. That's dedication. But, but, that is dedication. Yeah. Did, did you mention yeah. how many years you've been doing that? Um, I, no, I've done that one other season. Um, 
uh, in my uh, this going into my fourth year, this will be my second time doing that. But I know guys that that do that every single year. They make their annual plans to to be out there at midnight. Yeah. So it's just kind of something fun to do. Meet at the launch and everybody get out there and start trolling around. That's what me and Todd did on the opener for New York. Remember that, Todd? Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll be seeing you in the morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what? Yeah. I, I guess what's the major difference other than just like Great Lake, Great Lakes? Like, is it just the Great Lakes, or is it like tributaries to the Great Lakes that 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 kind of put the divide? Well, the, in Ni- line? the Niagara. I know the Niagara falls under the same you know jurisdiction as the lake, so it's it. And I, I believe the St. Lawrence is the same way, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. I think it's uh, Niagara and the St. Lawrence are the same uh, as far as being closed season until uh, third Saturday in June. Um, so it's not it opens up one month after Chautauqua. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so I mean, it, do you know the r- rationale behind it? I'm I'm just curious if if you know. No, honestly, I, I have no idea. I'd be the wrong person to ask as far as the rationale behind opening it on, on that day. I'm, I'm sure it just has to do with the spawn. I'm not. I'm talking about maybe, the, the, the different start dates, not necessarily the oh, questioning. Yeah. Yeah, remember, they? I mean, they opened up. How, how many years has it been early here at Chautauqua, Todd? This is, this is our fifth season for this early fifth season. season. The whole, you know, as far as I know, the whole state of New York had the third Saturday in June for... As long as I can remember, going back to when yeah. I started coming up here. So it hasn't really been all that long that inland lakes were yeah. a month early? No, no, no. This is no, the no, fifth yeah. season. Yeah, we did it okay. four years. This is number five, I believe. <laughs> that was a brutal wait. You know, that was that was a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It, it, so they're, they're falling what, uh, you know, like Ontario. Uh, well, I mean what we used to do Ontario opens up first Saturday in June. And I said before in the podcast, I used to go up and fish in Canada for two weeks and come home and get the opener here on Chautauqua. So I guess you could still do that if you want to hit the great lake systems up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. This, this off season is, has been a really long off season for me, especially I, I've never had a, an off season that felt like it was this long. Cause I'm so deep into bait making now, you know, I've been doing it for 14 months and I can get into where I started, but I have so many baits hanging on my wall that I have not been able to thoroughly test, you know, because the season has been closed. Um, I don't want to drop my baits back too far and, and, and really test them and run them and try to catch fish on them. So I've got a wall full of baits here that I'm just, I'm dying to get out onto the water and put in, in front of fish. So, it's it's been a long off season. I'm really excited for for this year. And plus, you're last gonna, year you're I still gonna have to wait a while after you start fishing. You have to wait till you can see. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you start at midnight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, it sounds like you're gonna have a fun, fun yeah. opening few yeah. weeks of the season here. Checking all that stuff out. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really excited about it. And, and last season, I had the worst fishing season of my life. I, I had only fished for muskie. I really completely stopped fishing for anything else. And um, last year, I had uh, a, let's just say a less than stellar season. So uh, I'm excited to put that one behind me and uh, try to have a banner year here. Yeah, we're off to a pretty good start. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. Um, I, I hope we're not jumping ahead too much. So you're talking about, you know, you had some mm-hmm. incidental catches and then what, what made you turn that kind of a nice shoehorn in here? What made you turn? So, um, about four years ago, my wife and I went to an outdoorsman's expo in Hamburg, New York. Um, and, uh, we were walking around and looking at all the booths and there was, uh, you know, hunting guides, fishing guides, um, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of booths with all these mounts and photos and maps and all this stuff all over the place. And, uh, everybody's had really well done booths. So I'm walking around this, uh, this expo and I get up to this table and it's just a plain white table with nothing on it and two guys sitting behind it, no sign, no flyers, nothing. And, uh, I just, out of curiosity, I just asked the the two older, there's just two older guys sitting behind the the table. And I asked them, you know, Hey, what, what are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, uh, cause, cause yeah, I could not tell, <laughs> you know, for, so, uh, you know, and they, they pulled out a flyer from, you know, one guy handed me a flyer that was sitting in his lap and he's like, Oh, we're the Muskie, uh, Niagara Muskie association. Uh, come check us out. We meet the first Tuesday of every month, um, at this, this club and, this um, little dive bar kind of place, and it was right down the street from me. So I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll I'll go, I'll come and check it out. And uh, so I went to check out this club and got to meet a lot of really cool guys. Um, it, it it turns out they're an extremely organized club that um, does a lot of work uh, in Western New York in conservation, habitat restoration. Um, they're doing a telemetry study right now. They work hand in hand with the New York State DEC. Um, so there was, it was really cool uh, just to sit down with a bunch of guys that were all all about musky. And um, by the end of that first meeting, you know, I, I went straight to Gander Mountain and bought my first musky rod and uh, and reel. And uh, I was I was ready to go. I was excited about it. So that that kind of got me started into into musky fishing or at least thinking about trying my hand at specifically targeting musky um so, so that, that's really what what got me really started into it okay so you went to this meeting and you got all jacked up and you're just like i'm gonna do this go out and buy your first yeah. thing then what did you just go out and just like oh, i'm gonna wing it or yeah i i winged it and uh i i did not have a lot of success at first. Um, you know, I, I was, I was throwing bucktails, uh, you know, in, in all the wrong places and trying just anything and everything. Um, you know, just buying all the baits, uh, every different style of bait and just trying to figure out what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much how it, how it got started. I, did you club, they do, did you approach it like bass fishing? I I did I did in a way because I I had, like I said I've caught incidental muskies in my life you know so I I figured I might as well just pick up you know something that's like a spinner bait and go throw it in the same places that I've caught musky um, so I've I tried a little bit of that and um, you know. It, didn't didn't have a lot of success at first, uh, to say the least. I, I got I went out a lot of times without catching anything, and I, I got introduced to the skunk really 
really quick, really early, early on. So was there a moment that kept that, that, that had enough grab to keep your interest? Because I'll just, I'll I'll explain a little bit more just, you know, for people that might not understand what I'm talking about. There always seems to be like this aha moment that when this per you know, a person that's trying just walking in cold to attempt musky fishing, if they don't have that spark, generally they'll lose interest and kind of go back and just say, Oh, I'm heavy bass fishing or pike fishing and never really try to say, yes, I'm a musky angler. Was there anything that made you say, yes, I'm going to pursue this. It's going to hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to suck, but I'm going to do it. Was there a moment? Yes, absolutely. And it was, it didn't come until later. And what it was, was making, making baits. So bait, bait making literally got me to really, dedicate and commit to musky fishing so at, at these clubs these these monthly meetings they have raffle tables and um on these raffle tables there are you know i saw a couple of bakers um this is there's a uh, guy named jim reynolds uh mr toothy he makes a really nice bait um and i have an extensive not super extensive but an extensive enough wo- woodworking background um, my wife and I bought our house uh, about five years ago now, and I got into woodworking really heavy. Um, as, as soon as we bought the house, I was at every estate sale and garage sale every single weekend buying every single tool I could I could afford. Um, I, I bought every saw that you can that you can imagine, uh, router tables, planers, dust collection, bandsaw, miter saw, sanders, the works. Um, so I got into woodworking and I was doing that, um, kind of as a side hobby, um, selling things that I made out of wood, um, which was always fun to be able to sell something that you made. Um, that was kind of, I found a lot of gratification in that. So can, can I ask you, what were you making? Oh, uh, just random, uh, random things. I made a lot of cutting boards. Um, I made a lot of outdoor furniture, like Adirondack benches. Um, my, my dad, oh, when I grew up, he spent a lot of time in his garage making coin banks. So mm-hmm. he would just make these, he would just make banks. Um, and I got a lot of my, my woodworking knowledge through him. Um, so when, once I was able to afford all my own tools, I, I really got into all that. Um, just for just kind of small furniture, I made a dining room table, um, I mean, That's so so you're it. not you're not like hand carving little figurines. You're you're making some bigger stuff. No. I'm, I'm, I did get into uh, collecting driftwood from the river, and I made driftwood wall art for a while. And I was I had a little Etsy shop, and I was selling them to people all over the country, making just driftwood wall art, like sailboats, whales, mm-hmm. anchors, mm-hmm. nautical theme nautical theme type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of d- digging on the background of of how you transitioned what you were doing with woodworking into into the bait thing and and just, you know, mm-hmm. getting a feel on that. And mm-hmm. Okay, so then you're, hand, yeah. you're handy with the woodwork. So so I'm handy with the woodwork. So I'm at, at these meetings and uh you know, I'm I'm looking at these baits and um there's there's a lot of bait makers in in the club um that that I, you know, I, you get to talk to and uh, you get to know, and 
they would explain kind of how how they made a couple of you know, a couple of baits and it, it just kind of clicked one day as i'm sitting there holding a bait um i think it was a baker actually and uh i was just looking at it and like I, I might be able to do this. I, I, I really want to try like this, this looks, this would be a really cool thing to kind of converge, you know, my, both of my hobbies, my woodworking hobby and, and my fishing hobby. Um, and uh, so I, I went home and I, I didn't do any research on it whatsoever. Um, I, I just kind of, I just kind of dove right in head first. So I took a big chunk of basswood and this is the first bait I've ever, I've ever tried to make. And my aha moment came on my third bait. So there's just three baits there in, a, in kind of like a progression. So my first bait, I, I printed out a picture of a perch. I, I just Googled perch and I printed out a picture of a perch. I glued it to the side of a block of basswood. It's probably about eight inch, eight inches long. And, uh, I bought, I ordered a couple of screw eyes and, uh, I, I cut it out on the bandsaw and the side profile. And I kind of just drew what I figured to be the a, a top profile of a perch. And I glued that to the top and I cut that profile out on the bandsaw. And then I did a little carving. I added a, a fin, um, but it just turned out to be just kind of like a blocky fish, um, I, I cut a lip slot on the bandsaw and I just shoved a really thick piece of acrylic into the lip and into the lip slot. Um, I don't think I epoxied the, the screw eyes in. I just kind of screwed them in. But then I took, uh, I think it was just jig head paint and I painted it on by hand. And then I, I did use epoxy uh, on my first bait. And, what, uh, what color did you make? Did you make it a perch color? I, yes, I did. I made it a perch color. So it's just like green and yellow with the bars. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a pretty ugly bait. I, it's, it, <laughs> it's, not, it's really not much to look at. It does have carved gill, gill plates and fins. Um, I brought that into my first, uh, the next meeting. I, I was really thrilled with it um, at the time. I, I, I did put epoxy on it and I, I took two liters and I attached one liter to the, the tail hook hanger and one liter to the, um, the nose pull. And, uh, I put one of the, the liters into the chuck of a drill and I clamped that drill to, uh, my drill press table. And then I clamped the other liter to my bandsaw table and I painted it with epoxy on it. And then I would just, t- I took another clamp and I clamped the, uh, I just put a little light pressure on the, the drill trigger until I would just start spinning. But it, there was weight in, I did put weight in the bottom. I added some saw, some solder. I took a soldering gun and um, kind of just dripped in some, some solder into a, a hole I drilled out in the belly. So it okay, was just, it, just for, to, paint a picture for people you're when people are following bait makers and things like that and it comes to that final stage of people uh putting on epoxy or even the beginning stage now people are sealing baits with epoxy um you see a, a rotational device and the baits usually kind of going around in what looks like a ferris wheel 
Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what you were doing, you had essentially uh, two guns and you were spinning these. It was spinning like... Like a rotisserie kind of chicken. Like a, like a, like a, not a rotisserie chicken, but like, kind of like how a, like a spinner comes through a water, the water. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. You know, it, it yep. was going... It's, it wasn't a Ferris wheel. It was yeah. just something going round in circles. Yeah. Like yeah. a pig on a spit. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly, right. just like that. So I, I created a little tension. Uh, you know, I, I, I pull... I moved the, the drill press table just far enough away so there would be tension between the two leaders and um as the drill would spin around it would almost get to one full revolution before the bait would actually flip over so it was it would be basically right side up and then for i don't know what tenth of a second the whole bait would just flip over 360 degrees and then and then you know five seconds later it would flip over 360 degrees again so i had the right idea but there was still just a ton of drippage off the belly of this this thing and i left those on so okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna i know exactly the process that you're saying i'm gonna explain it just a little bit better so because because he took two liters and if take one liter and put it between your your pointer finger and thumb of one hand and hold the other end and then put a twist on it it can build up like a pressure like a like a torsion and because he weighted one side with solder that side always wanted to go down and so the drill would go the bait wouldn't move until there was enough torsion in that that the system and when it went it went whoop real quick and then right back down to to where yes. it was at, and the, exactly. And the reason that we're you, you spin these baits with this epoxy is because it takes so long to cure. If it just sat there like you you painted on and sat there, it's all going to run, and you're going to have a really heavy side and a side that doesn't really have anything on it. So even though your heart was in the right place, it just it wasn't. It didn't. The, the execution was not not there. It wasn't thought through all the way. I didn't think any of this through. Um, I just wanted to make a bait. Like that. That was where my head was at. Just just make a bait and see if I can get something to swim right, like a fishing lure would swim. No. Okay. So you were talking about the solder. I wanted to. I didn't want to interrupt you too many times. Yeah, did yeah, you yeah. test the bait and say I need to put weight here, or did you just say this looks right and this is what other people do? Yeah, that that looked right, and I just did it. I, I flipped it over. I kind of I, I put it towards the front of the bait because I knew I wanted the nose to kind of go downwards a little bit, you know, just to make that lip engage. Uh, but I, I I don't think there was any rhyme or reason to where I put that weight hole. I just I just drilled a hole next to the hook hook hanger that I and, didn't epoxy in. Okay, so I, I I'm liking this already because. It seems like, just like when you start something new, you're just like, well, I really don't know. I also don't want to mess this up, but I'm not going to know until I just plow into this. And this is the plowing into it. And how did it work? It it, it did work. It actually worked. Um, I I took it out on the water, and both sides, I did get it to swim. at, at slow speeds if once i sped up um you know it, it did kind of want to blow out on me I, I couldn't drop it back very far 
Um, I didn't really test it all that much um, because I took it to my the next meeting of the Niagara Muskie Association. And I brought it in. And I was pretty proud of it. And I could just tell from the looks I was getting from people that I wasn't close. I was just... <laughs> you didn't make something I, marketable? I, I, I had work to do, and I just knew it. You know, people were nice. You know, everybody was saying, oh, cool, man, that's awesome. I've never seen anything like that. And, uh, you know, that you could just, you know, you can tell when, when people are just being nice, and, and they certainly were. But. <laughs> okay, so this whole time when people are being nice to you, was there any part of you that would say, I would really prefer you to be honest to me than just to <laughs> yeah. like, you know, is this really nice? I, I mean, and that's, this is like life yeah. advice right now at this point. Yeah. No, yeah, sure. I mean, you, you, there's definitely people that I know now that I, I text, you know, and I'll say, Hey, what do you think of this? And, uh, they'll, they'll give you some brutal honesty and that's, that's always welcomed any type of criticism for whatever reason, you know, if you want to agree with it or disagree with it, but, uh, no, nobody, nobody was uh, upfront with me about about this one. But they didn't, they didn't need need to be. It was my first bait, and <laughs> it, it's un, it was understandable. You know, it's, nobody wanted to crush my my dreams. This kid that's just started coming to meetings. <laughs> A new member will chase him away immediately. The industry is, yeah, <laughs> chase him away. Your uh, yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Just I'm like, well, I'm never coming back to this. I'm not yeah. paying a membership fee. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say? Didn't you say that that bait? You were so excited to use it that you. No, that's not. You're you're okay. you're jump you're jumping ahead here. I'm that, sorry. I'm sorry. That's the that's the okay. aha moment bait. That's the aha okay. moment bait. Okay. That's number this three. Is a, this is a good transition then. Okay. Yeah, so, so strike so one. I'm, all right. So next, all right. So attempt number two. I'm like, all right, this this whole just kind of going off the cuff was just didn't work. I tried to carve a perch. I mean, like that's, you know, uh, maybe that's just not the way to go. Let's let's try something that's, you know, proven and tested. So I tried to make a legend perch bait, just a wooden. I just I'm like, you know what? I, I'm just going to copy a bait and just see if I can make. I'll, I'll do the lip angle and. And uh, everything I can do just to make it exactly like a legend perch bait, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, let's just see if see if I can actually get this right. So I go home and I start again, and uh, still using screw eyes. And I took a piece of red oak, um, which probably in hindsight is not the greatest wood to use, but you could do worse. Um, so I. I basically carve this thing down to be to look just like a legend perch bait it's, it's probably a little bigger than the perch bait but it's not as big as a plow, as a plow um but it still had that it still has that big perch bait lip in it and i did a nose pull screw eye because that's all i really knew how to do um so it wasn't really set up for success but it i got it out on the water and this one worked it, it was swimming it had a nice wide action I was, I was thrilled. Um, just for first time out both side, it looked great. So I'm like, all right, let's drop this back and see if I can get up some, some speed and, and see if this thing doesn't blow out. So I drop it back. Um, and it dove right down nice and straight right into a shipwreck. And <laughs> I, 
and I lost it, and it was gone. <laughs> and I, I was, Were you I was devastated. A devastated. <laughs> Holy I, was, I, I, I was devastated. But funny, funny story. Three months later, at the NMA's summer picnic, there is a raffle table, and there's a guy um, who is a scuba diver, and he brings what he calls Davy Jones's locker to put on the raffle table. And lo and behold, my bait was in there. So I got that bait back three months later from a scuba diver that found it on that, that shipwreck. That's amazing. That was really cool. I was just like, what were the odds of that? That that was awesome. How did the uh, finish fare? The finish fare is fine. Um, Something I skipped is I, I did buy a cheap airbrush um, on eBay, just like a master airbrush, I think is the, is the, the brand name. Just something that was, I think it was like 20 bucks on eBay. Um, so this was my first ever airbrush attempt. Um, I bought a, like one of those $1 shower loofahs and I wrapped it in a, a shower loofah and um, I got, I got a pretty decent scale pattern on it. It's not, it wasn't, it wasn't embarrassing. I'll at least say that. So I, the finish fared pretty well. So it, um, it stayed sealed. I mean, you didn't have it like swell up and, and pop epoxy. Did you epoxy this? No, part? no. The, 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 I never sealed the wood before I painted it. So I think I just, I think I just primed it with like a rattle can and then I just airbrushed the, the, the bars. I brushed it yellow and then did green bars and, dark back and put some eyes on it um but it turned out all right and i did the the same epoxy um i didn't put any weight in this one so when i so the drill trick actually worked on this bait and it it rotated i don't know fairly slow and uh and smoothly so i i did get a pretty decent epoxy coverage on this one and uh no when i got it back three months later it, it looked like the day i lost it really so that That's was all, that was awesome, yeah. So I still have it hanging up in the garage. It's in my museum. All right. So now, what Vance was talking about? Let's what's attempt three. So attempt three is, I, I the thing that I figured out with, I, I did test that second bait one more time, and I wasn't super happy with the action, and I I thought it had to do with where I where the the line tied. Um, and, uh, the toe point. So this one is, I, I'm looking at all these other baits and I'm noticing that the toe point is on the lip, um, and not, not on the nose. And I'm, and I had a feeling that that was the reason why these baits weren't swimming that, that well. Uh, so I, I wanted to try through wire and I, and this was another thing that I just, I knew absolutely nothing about. And I, I actually tried to do the research on this. But if, if you go on YouTube and just search how to through wire a crankbait, that that information is not really out there. It's not uh, it wasn't very obvious uh, what people were doing to through wire crankbaits. Um, you can find you can find videos on through wiring plugs and stuff, but it wasn't the same application. So I wasn't really able to figure out exactly what people were doing on these crankbaits. So I just kind of had to make it up again. And uh, this time I decided to film it, and you can actually see that 
video on my YouTube channel. Um, this time I took a piece of oak and I split the bait right down in half and I, I've formed the entire wire uh, assembly and I basically glued those two pieces back together on top of uh, on top of the wire. So it was kind of like a, a, somebody told me that they referred to it as a sandwich style bait where it's just kind of two pieces of wood are glued back together. And I mapped out, you know, on the ones on the inside of one of these pieces of wood where these wires were going to be running. And I took my drill press and I ran a tiny little bit and I basically carved out where this, this, this wire was going to run through this bait. So that way, when I glued it back together, you know, the, the wood would come back together, uh, you know, nice and neat. And I could get a nice glue joint and, um, and just kind of go from there. So, um, so that turned out pretty, pretty well. Um, I got the whole videos up on YouTube if you want to look, watch the whole thing. It, but uh, it, it turned out to be kind of like an ugly copycat of a perch bait as uh, one YouTube commenter told me. Uh, so, so the honesty the, was the honesty. Yeah. When you put things on social media, uh, you know, you, you, you can expect honesty, which that I was <laughs> fine. I'm, I was fine with that. Um, but I, I put a nice perch pattern paint job on it. This was my second time airbrushing and I was pretty happy, um, with, with how the, the finish turned out. Um, I, I, took some gold foil and I put some spray adhesive on the one side and I, I literally glued on some foil to the bait just to kind of be a base of my paint job. Um, and then I painted black bars over the gold foil. So, you know, it had like a nice shine to it. Um, you know, it, it looked like a perch. It kind of looked like a perch bait, which I was happy with. Um, the, the finish came out pretty nice as far as spinning the bait no weight in this one it was made of oak so it was a heavier wood and i just didn't think about weighting this bait i don't know why i didn't think about it i just didn't so i was i was like this one's gonna work i i put a lot of time and effort into this one so of course it's gonna work you know i, I tried really hard so of course it's gonna work so i was really excited to get this thing out on the water um I probably put the last coat of epoxy on around like noon, maybe. And by like 10 PM, I was able to like pick the bait up and hold it without it like sticking to my hand. So I took it, I got in my car, took the boat down to the river, got out on the water, dropped it back. And I'm, I got a pretty decent action out by the boat. I dropped it all the way back and it started to blow out. So I'm like, great. Now maybe I just have to tune it. I don't know. So I reeled it back in and I'm like, well, what's this thing coming back at me? I, it was white. It was, it was just stark white. And I got it back into the boat and because I didn't let the epoxy cure, it just reacted when it hit the water and it was just, it turned the whole bait stark white. So okay, I, I, I was I, when you said that I'm like, did like the epoxy come off like a sock and take all the color with it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what happened, but 
you know, when I, once I got it back into the boat, I was just like, oh man, this, this epoxy just, yeah, it, it reacted with the water cause it wasn't cured. You know, I was just too eager, but, uh, so I was a little disappointed and I'm like, all right, well, whatever. White baits work, white baits work too, right? Whatever. So I drop it back and I'm trying to tune it and I, I don't really know a whole lot about tuning baits at this point anyway. But, you know, I'm kind of like bending the, the toe point a little bit and seeing if I can get it to stay straight. And I couldn't. It just wouldn't it just wouldn't stay straight. Um, so there had to have been some sort of design flaw. And I was just like, ah, that stinks. So I was just ready to give up. And I decided to, well, you know what? I, it, it works for like the first 30 feet you know, on a cast. So I'm like, you know, well, why don't I just try casting it for a little bit? So I took, got my boat into an area on the river that I, I like to cast. It's basically like a large bowl in the Niagara that's between two islands. And um, it, it's just surrounded by weeds. This is a big circular hole with weeds all around it. So I got into this little hole and started casting it around and I hooked the fish. I got my first fish on something I made. It was a 40 incher. And that I was just staring at that fish in the, in the net with my bait hanging out its mouth. And I was just, it was on, I'm, I'm, I'm a bait maker now and I'm going to do a lot more of this. So that, that was the moment where I can, I can look back and just be like, yeah, I, I got hooked on musky fishing and I got hooked on bait making all in one shot, all in one moment. Were you starting to run out of gas with, you know, first attempt, second attempt, third attempt, and then you just had that pure white bait or, you know, <clears throat> the reaction, and you're just like, this is starting to suck. What Were, were you at that point, or did you have a lot of, like, I'm not going to quit left in you? No, I, I I didn't get close to quitting. Um I don't know if it's because I had, you know, I had joined a club that's, you know, musky fishing and um, I had a lot of guys around me that, you know, were, were very dedicated to, to the sport. And I, I think that kind of fueled me a little bit, just wanting to keep going, wanting to get it right. It was definitely, I I'm, I'm the kind of person where if like I have a problem in front of me, like I, I might not do a whole bunch of research on how to fix it, but I'm going to give it a try. And then once I, once I try and fail at something, like I, I become like, I, I, I have to get this done and then maybe I'll do the legwork and actually researching on what I'm doing. Uh, but, uh, that, that was definitely, so I'm going to never a, a thought in my mind that I just quit. I'm going to do a shameless plug in here. So you're saying that by having a nice network of people with similar interests, kept you kept you going you know in in your case it's the niagara muskie association but you could also join something like muskies inc huh do you hear that one yes there you go yes yes i i joined muskies inc a few months ago very nice so so okay very cool stuff so now now you're hooked aha moments there yeah yeah where did it go from there so um at the next meet, at the next banquet that we had, that it was after the season's over, um, I may have tried. I think one more time, it was another like another perch bait copycat. It didn't really do anything that I wanted it to do. But 
that was just kind of something I didn't have a lot of hopes for. I just wanted to throw something together and try something different. But the next, the next big leap for me was at the, the banquet that year, I got to talking to a, a another date maker and I was having a conversation with him. And now this, at this point I was, I was very intent on, you know, making a good bait that works. Um, and, he, and just, I had like a, I don't know, maybe a two minute conversation with somebody that really just, I absorbed every moment of it and took to heart what he was saying and really wanted to put forth my best effort in going to, to, you know, kind of develop a system to make, make this, make this work. Um, so I, I kind of went home from that, that banquet that night. And, uh, I I sat down with a, a, a pad of paper and pen and I, I wrote down my entire process, what I wanted, what I needed to, what I needed to do to get a bait that I can make and I could reproduce it. That, that was my biggest thing is, is making a process that I could, um, and, and this goes back to my woodworking background where a lot of woodworking has to do with repeatability, um, and, and precision and, uh, and quickness, you know, those, those three things put together. So the, if you if you're into woodworking, you might be familiar with something like a like a crosscut sled that you can use on a table saw, which is basically like a carriage that sits uh, on top of rails that rise into miter slots that you can slide back and forth over your table saw. And and there's so many different attachments uh, that you can make like that uh, to make repeated cuts um, and have the same exact results every single time. And it's a quick, it's, you spend more time setting up your tool than you do actually making the cuts. Um, so I really just applied my woodworking background um, and my, all of my woodworking knowledge to, um, to build, I, I built a, a drill press table um, for my drill press so I could um, drill, out, drill out hook hanger holes and weight, weight holes um, all perfectly centered on baits and um, in the same exact place every single time, I, I built myself a special crosscut sled that allowed me to cut my lip slots at whatever angle I wanted them at. Um, so that way, I could really play around uh, with with var different variables. Because one thing I had learned up to this point is that you change one little thing on a bait, and it's going to completely change that bait. Um, whether it's the weight placement, the weight amount, the the size and shape of the lip the lip angle, the toe point on the lip. Um, it, it was just, I knew, I knew that I needed to test and be able to change every single variable within this bait um, in order to, to get the results. And, and you needed to be able to repeat, repeat all of the other variables to be the same. So you can kind of have a control um, as you're, you know, experimenting really with with different variables so yeah you can um, pull your hair out doing all that stuff because yeah you know, it, it's crazy i i crazy. i, I kind of did the same thing you know early on in that you know to to kind of put this out you know for more I, I guess more black and white is that so let's just say you have have a crankbait we're going to pick on crankbaits you can change the lip length the lip shape the lip angle and where it's at on the bait 
you know, you can put it a little bit further back. You can put it forward, further forward. You could come up with what, yeah, what you feel is the perfect combination there. So then you'd say, I'm going to go ahead and put a hook here. And you're like, well, that runs okay. Let me move it back a quarter inch. Let me move it forward. Let me do this. Let me up upsize the hook. Let me change the split ring. Okay, well, I, I, I kind of like this. This is These two are working together. Now, I'm going to put some weight in it. Okay, so where is it going to be? Is it going to be um, below the center line of the bait, above the center line? I mean, not necessarily above, but is there going to be some above the center line to kind of like, and then you can move it forward to backward. And you might say, okay, the first three are great, but this last variable that I think I need for some purpose, like maybe to increase speed, you're going to put a little bit more keel weight in it. You're like, okay, this is here. This works. Now the bait doesn't flip, but I lost my action. Well, then let me move the hook. Well, okay, let me change lip angle. Let me change lip size. Let me... All of a sudden, it's just like so many moving pieces that you're going to find like a group of these of like adjustments that will work fine. And in your mind, you're going to say, there's got to be the perfect one where all the gears mesh. And I just got this incredibly, you know, incredibly perfect bait for what you're trying to do. And you will lose your mind at tweaking every little thing because <laughs> it's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope yeah, I painted that picture. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll it, it it will drive you nuts if you really want to wrap your mind around how a bait really works. Um, it it's it's a lot to take in. And it's a lot to to try to figure out, especially if you don't you know you you, you don't have a hydromechanics background. But you know it's just you're just kind of going off of what you've seen in other baits and just trying different things and just seeing if it works. So after I got all of this stuff built, I had, I went out and I bought a router table. Um, I upgraded my bandsaw. Um, uh, I built my drill press. I have my, my crosscut sled. Um, I, I built a, a nice looking uh, wheel rack for uh, spinning my baits with uh, for the epoxy curing. Um, I have a video on that as well, if you wanted to look at that. Um, so I, I built everything that I needed to do uh, to make make a bait work. And then that's when the real work began. Um, is, is I started I started pumping out prototypes like crazy. Um, what I would do is just make like uh, 16, say I, say I wanted to like play around with one, one of these variables, I would make 16 baits. And I would have four groups of four. So then I would take four different shaped lips and then assign each of those groups one one lip shape. So then I would have two different – in that group of four, I would have – two of them would have two different weight placements. So two of them would have one weight placement. Two of them would have the other. And then between those two groups of two, one, one of those would have two hooks and one of those would have three hooks. Um, so I really just, what I tried to do was just cover by making like 16 at a time or 32 at a time, or, you know, I, I had prototypes everywhere and uh, I was just trying to, to figure out that kind of that, you know, magic uh, combination of all those things. 
and those prototypes take like no minutes to make. They're they're they just fall oh, out. Oh yeah, sky. no, you just you just throw them together. They they basically make themselves, and uh, then you just take all the all the credit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that's really a lot. Cool how that works out. And I, you know, before we get way too far into this, I think you kind of undersold your YouTube and in, in your video section because I've seen some of this stuff. <laughs> You know, yeah. we we talked at you know I'd say we had at least a good ten minute conversation at the Muskie Max, you and I, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean you showed me some of the stuff, and I did talk you know briefly on that following podcast after the Muskie Max about it, and mm-hmm. and it's it's something to see. I mean, we can go, we could do a whole show on on the tooling and stuff that I saw there. Um, yeah, the but, tool, the tooling's like pristine. Uh, it, you can tell that your woodworking really shined in that the uh, mm-hmm. the spinning wheel is uh, really impressive. <laughs> you could pay yeah. top dollar or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I as a woodworker, like I couldn't just throw together uh, a, a wheel that just was just functional. It had to also look really nice. Like I, I wanted it to look professional and. And be like sanded down to 500 grit. Yeah, yeah, exa- yes, exactly. So I, I went to grain. I went to Home Depot and I bought like two prefabricated rounds. I think they were I don't know like 28 inch rounds. Um, it was basically just boards that were laminated together and they they pre-cut uh, a circle and then they kind of round uh, round it over the, the perimeter. Um, so they they did a lot of the legwork for that, but I I took that and. Uh, found on center and basically cut out like a, a wheel, like a spoke type look. So it would kind of look like a, like a, I don't know, an old time tire or something. Mm-hmm. And then I sanded it down, put some dowels, use my drill press. And um, yeah, I, I wanted that to look really nice. Cause I knew I was going to have it for a while. I like to, I just like to do those types of things once, you know, and not have to fuss around with remaking it. Just do it right the first time. I hear you on that. Um, but, I mean, it's yeah. – what's your – you know, are those videos – did you put those on Facebook or is it just a YouTube thing? Uh, those are on my Facebook group. If you go back, I actually just recently uh, put up one of my – I just reposted one of my videos on my group. Um. You, if you, you could go and find that video and then find my YouTube – I think it's – my YouTube channel. I don't even know what it's called. Lumber City Woodworking. If you just if you just go on YouTube and search Fredhold Baits, you'll find it. Yeah. Okay. Or, or if you just search how to through wire a crankbait, you'll find it. Yeah. Some some neat neat stuff. I mean, you were showing me that stuff on your phone while I think Vance was up on the guide panel. Yeah, I, he I was, think that's he was doing was. the guide panel. Uh, he was doing the guide panel at uh, at that time. So I didn't get to meet him then. Yeah, so I mean, I was seeing this stuff off off of your phone as as you were, uh, you know, visiting our booth there. Um, okay, so then you go through all of this extensive prototyping, and you yeah. And at this time, I I didn't really have plans to make them to sell them. Um, really, I I just wanted to make you know a great fishing lure that I could use myself. Um, on the Niagara and maybe give out to a, a couple of friends or put on a, you know, the raffle table at the club and, you know, just kind of share that in my, my little circle. But um, I had a buddy that 
had he had a fishing lure that he was using at the time and he loved it he had a lot of success on it caught a lot of really big fish on it but this it wasn't a well-made bait it was just like this um cheap bait from europe that was um like foam i don't know what even what it, it was like foam injected um and then it was like a shrink wrap um kind of like pattern on it was it and, a salmo uh, no um hester fishing is the name of the company and uh, the model i believe is called hrt never heard of them um yeah not a lot of people have um this from what i've gathered so he was using this bait and what he liked about this bait was that it was low resistance because he was a hand troller so he would go out there and he would troll all night long for eight hours at a time and he would hold on to his rod he refused to put his rod in a rod holder because he would miss the hit and uh that's just something that he refused to do so he liked and he had shoulder problems and um you know shoulder pain so he he liked using this bait that dove down 17 feet it was a deep diving bait but it was low resistance so it's not easy to find a bait that that gets down that deep but also is is low resistance at the same time um so the problem with this bait is that the lip um it was kind of like a longer slender spoon shaped lip and the head that it was basically mounted into was just like styrofoam like it wasn't nothing substantial like whatsoever so like you have this long lip acting as a fulcrum inside of this foam and i mean i'm sure you guys have all busted up you know well-made musky baits in your in your time but you know this this bait just never stood a chance these heads the heads of these baits were popping off all the time oh geez so <laughs> they, they have good customer service and you can take a picture of it and they send you a new bait and all that but it's it's still at the end of the day it's like you know what the heck this this bait doesn't so he, he wanted the same bait or a bait that had similar characteristics that um, was just made well, just built like a tank that he could abuse and, you know, he could withstand musky fishing. So that was really the what I had set out to do. Now I had done all this prototyping and I had, I had some knowledge under my belt at this point. So I really set out to just make this bait for him that um, – could you know meet meet his standards and that's when i created this bait that you know it, it's it's a very very similar bait um but it it just i pretty much nailed it. it 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 dives nice and deep gets down to about 17 feet very very low resistance it's a, got a decent action to it um and you know it's just well well built the lips are pinned in with stainless steel and it's all through wire um so that that was really cool and I got this bait into his hands and I don't know if it was the first week, first week he had it, or it was very early on when I got this bait into his hands, I gave him two of them and he had a five fish week averaging 42 inches um, uh, on my bait. So that was the first time that somebody had sent me a picture of a fish that they had caught on one of my baits and one of those fishes one of those fish was a 47 and i was just like i was thrilled that was that was really really cool 
just getting somebody to send you a picture of something that, you know, that they caught on your bait was just, that was an incredible feeling. That was really cool. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Now, uh, now you, you made that bait and you know, so, so where did it, where did it go from there? Cause that, that's, that's one of the baits that I have. Yes. Yes. You have one of those baits. Uh, I call that model the deck hand. Um, just kind of because it's like a hand, it's kind of like a hand trolling special, special bait. So I thought the, the name, uh, hand troller was, was kind of fitting or a deck hand. I'm sorry. Um, so at that point I didn't want to stop because I, you know, just because I had achieved what I really had set out to do and I, I just wanted to make more of them and I wanted to give them to more people to fish them. Um, so, you know, I really, at that, at, it was at that point when somebody was able to have, you know, a week long success on my, one of my baits that I, I really thought that, Hey, maybe I could sell these to people. Um, and that was another thing going, coming into musky fishing. I was coming from bass fishing where you could go to Cabela's or Gander mountain or, you know, any of these big box stores and an expensive bass lure was like eight to 12 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like, I, I would have a really hard time spending $12 on, on a fishing lure. You know, it's like, I've lost so many fishing lures in my life that it's like, why would I want to spend all this money on something? I'm, I'm just going to beat up and, and lose. Um, right. And then I, and then I got into, into musky fishing and I'm, and I go back to, I'm like, all right, well, I got my, my rod and my reel and I need a couple of musky baits. And we're like, well, they're, they're 30 bucks. I'm just like, whoa, $30 for a, for a fishing lure. That's, that's okay. That's a little steep, but sure. I'll, I'll pick up a few of these baits and, you know, I got three, three baits and I spent a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and then, and now I'm into building baits and I, I'm on Facebook and I'm following all of the, you know, the, the basement builders pages and all that. And I see the, the prices on custom fishing lures or, or, you know, basement building lures. And it was just complete sticker shock. I mean, I, I could not believe the prices I was seeing on some of these baits. It is, you know, it, too, I'll tell you. It's, it's crazy. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people like that, that just have a hard time spending all that money on a fishing lure, but just there's uh, on these pages, there were definitely plenty of people who were willing, more than willing to spend, that and then some on on these baits um so i knew that there was definitely a market out there for you know people to buy something i was making so um and that was always something that i liked uh to incorporate into my hobbies whether it was woodworking you know or you know if i I, when i like to make things I, i like to be able to sell it on the side just to kind of fund the hobby and i figured if i could make these fishing lures well that might pay for my gas and you know maybe i can upgrade a rod or upgrade a reel you know just by by doing something i love doing and 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 selling it so sure so i had the idea to you know really put my head down and just start producing these out and my 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 system was kind of all laid out so where i could produce these you know and uh i have all the templates that that i needed to to make these. So I just started making more and more of them and I posted them up on, uh, on my, my 
uh, I, I forgot what page it was. There's a million of these pages. I posted one up and somebody reached out to me and said, how much? And I hadn't really thought about, you know, how much do I want to ask for these baits? Cause I, I'm still kind of new to musky fishing and new and relatively new to bait making. So I didn't want to be the guy to just be like, yeah, this is a hundred dollars because I was just coming from a place where spending a hundred dollars was absolutely insane. And, and, and somebody did have a successful week on these baits, but I, I, I feel like if you're charging a hundred dollars for one of your baits, you have to be a special kind of confident in your bait to, to ask that kind of money for it. You know, you see, I see it all the time, but it's, it's just, it's still, even to this day, it's just like, wow, asking for a hundred dollars for a fishing lure. There's still something about it. It's just like, wow, that, that's kind of crazy. So I, I said, well, $50 and the guy didn't bat an eye and he asked for two of them. So that, that was pretty cool. I was like, wow. All right. I guess that's, that was pretty easy. And <laughs> so I sold those and yeah, it's just, uh, snowballing yeah, from there kind of yeah it's kind of snowballed a little bit i i've um i got together with uh with my buddy hans you guys know you had him on your show hans, hans the woodcarver hans the woodcarver great guy one of the nicest guys in the industry and um he really helped me out as far as developing um new models you know he, he gave kind of gave me the idea he said you know it, it's great what you've done here so far but let's let's kind of expand and see if we can get you to to produce you know baits that you could run in a spread. So you know let's let's so he really helped me focus on on you know doing like a a deeper diver something that had a lot more action. Um, I made a ten inch bait. I made a slimmer shallow eight inch bait. Um, you know, and anytime I had a, a new batch of prototypes, he would take me out and we'd run them and. You know, he, I was able to pick his brain, so he, he was he was a big help to me. But, yeah, it just kind of snowballed. I started making a few different models, and um, that's basically where I'm at today. Um, I have a, a, a new model that I just finished up uh, several months ago now. Um, I've, I have tested it, and um, that's the one that I brought out to uh, fish with you, Vance. We went out and with the war pig, the little okay. five inch, five inch crank. And, um, this was a, this was a bait that I, I feel like I got, I might really have something. It's, I got pretty lucky with, um, not having to tinker around with it too much. I kind of nailed it right on the well, first, like five tries to, I didn't have to change a whole lot as many, as much as I've had to change other models, but I'm really excited about this model. And, um, and, the, and I made a batch of 25, and um, they, all, they all sold within a couple of minutes of posting them. I minutes. Had guy, I had guys reach out to me before that. Now, I, I'm really um, transparent on my, on my Facebook group. Um, I, I will post a picture or a tip or trick of anything along with my process. I mean, I don't think a lot of other guys are doing that. So maybe that's something that is getting people's attention. I'm not really sure. Um, I get, I get people that message me maybe every other day. I get a new message from somebody who kind of just wants to pick my brain about building baits, um, which is crazy. Cause like I've, I've been doing this for 14 months, so I'm, I'm no expert by any means. Um, but 
I think just because that it's a having that type of transparency is kind of new. Um, not, you don't see a lot of guys posting pictures of exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it and how they're doing it. Um, so I, I get a lot of conversations going with a lot of people. Um, I'm just, just trying to figure out how to make their baits a little better. Um, but I, through that, I was able to get a lot of people interested in, in this particular model. I don't know if it's because it was um, five inches, uh, a five inch crank that it kind of might've been easier to, to sell. But um, I had a lot of people had, they, a lot of these baits were spoken for before I even posted them for sale. And then once I did, all those guys took their, picked their pattern and then uh, the rest were gone within minutes. Yeah, when we uh, when I took you out fishing there, uh, you brought a bunch of baits with you. Um, pretty much things you were testing and things of that nature. And I was like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this is your best running bait right here. Yeah. Um, and please tell me he showed up with a big giant cardboard box with baits no. hanging on the edge and said. Guess what we're doing today, Vance? <laughs> no, he, he he showed up with like a perfectly made wood chest, uh, and it was he 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 busted out these baits. But yeah, the the, the little warp pigs, I was uh, I liked. Um, they thumped pretty hard. Um, we kind of uh, experimented on the dive curve, and I uh, got them down to where I thought the fish would would hit them um and i was like you know thinking in my mind i was like yeah, if anyone is gonna get hit today uh on this lake in particular how these fish like it i was like it's gonna be it's gonna be this one um and sure enough uh that happened a couple times and uh yep very Two very fish. nice baits very nice baits thank you yeah, two. Yeah, having a starting the season off with a two fish day was great because that's more fish than I caught all last year. <laughs> and we, we had uh, we, we had some other hits and, <laughs> and things of that nature with them, but they were getting hit mm-hmm. on this on this particular five inch shad war pig, uh, and they run nice. Mm-hmm. Run, run, very, very nice. Yeah, I'm really excited about them. They're it's a it's a cool looking bait. I love the profile. I kind of just sat down and drew the profile and on the first shot and it just i love the profile it looks really nice um i'm doing one thing i haven't done on on any of my other baits is all my baits are like flat-sided router cable baits so they're just basically a flat-sided bait with just a rounded perimeter like a rounded top and bottom um i've been i i did try experimenting with adding a few more dimensions you know tapering on the head and tail and um haven't had a lot of success doing that, but I haven't exactly put my mind to that yet either. Um, but on the, on this bait, I am hand carving with a little Dremel tool, the eye socket, and it's kind of like a, an elongated like football shape around the eyes, which kind of gives it just a little touch, anything I can do to, you know, make them look a little nicer. I'm open to doing. Yeah, that that's, that's something really neat when I, was looking at that bait that I got off of you, just some of the detail stuff that you don't see 
all that often in the bait making. It's, you know, kind of set it apart in my mind, but I'm also, I will pick out the details on just about everything, whether I say it or not. The one thing that that I know that you, you had mentioned on on that, that podcast after you had, you know, after we had met is the the thing that you had noticed was the lip Mm -hmm. and how I, I, I made it to be optically clear. Um, so I just wanted to like kind of touch on that with, and I, I definitely think that that's something that a lot of people haven't seen because I know that I've never seen it. Um, but what the reason why I do that, it was, it was really just born out of necessity because I wasn't, I didn't want to buy my lips from somebody with a CNC machine. Um, uh, I wanted to make them myself. Um, so I was cutting those out on a bandsaw and if you're going to cut something out on a bandsaw, you'll have tool markings on something, especially on um, polycarbonate. You'll, it'll be, you know, pretty obvious. Um, and it's not a uniform tool marking like a CNC machine. So a, a CNC machine will cut something out, um, you know, that's kind of computer driven and it, it just cuts up a, a perfect line every single time. And the tool markings are evenly spaced and um, it, it's not, a noticeable thing. If you look at one of your lips on any of your baits, you might not even notice these, these tool marks, but that's just because they're uniform and um, they just kind of blend together to make one um, kind of uniform look. So I'm cutting these out on a bandsaw and I'm looking at it in, in my bait and these tool marks were just horrendous. I mean, if you, if you make a a small correction on uh, as you're cutting on a bandsaw, these tool marks just become very obvious um, very quickly. Um, so I, I, I was just like, well, I want these to look as nice as I can possibly make them look. So I'm like, well, all right, I'll just sand them off and you know, that'll look better. And so I took a 220 grit sandpaper and I sanded the edges of these lips and um, it, it looked better, but it's still just in my head. I was just like, I can't stop seeing like the, the, the sandpaper strokes so I'm like, all right, well, I'll just step it up a little bit to get that get that little strokes to go away. So I went to 500, and I that that made it look better. And I probably could have stopped there um, at, at at 500, but I'm like, well, you know, let's let's try 800. I did 800, and I'm like, wow, that that looks even better. So let, let's try a thousand. So I went to a thousand, and I'm like, all right, well, that that's getting almost clear. That's cool. I tried 1,200, 1,500, then 2,000, and I'm just like, wow, that's this is like really smooth, and that that's a really cool look. I love this, so I'm I have to do this from now on. Like, I can't see this lip and how awesome it looks, and and not do it from now on. Like, I have to I have to do this. So, like, I just experimenting with that. I I made more work for myself. A tremendous and amount of work. A tremendous amount of work. And I almost, a small part of me regrets it because it's like, I, I sit down with a stack of 25 lips to do a, a batch of baits and each lip takes me a half an hour. If I'm, if I just, you know, grind it out, you know, if I'm just nonstop sanding, no breaks and just looking at a stack of, of lips, will just, it's just like, oh. It, it drives you nuts, and that that that's why that's basically how I got into listening to this podcast because 
it just it gets me through those those marathons of sanding. It's just three three days of just nothing but sanding will make you lose your mind. Um, I, I bought a buffer wheel to mm-hmm. maybe like hey maybe I can just skip a few of these grits and just go maybe maybe I could do two hundred uh, or two twenty five hundred and then just hit it with a buffer wheel and maybe I could just get that that nice shine. But it just it didn't look right going from 500 to the buffer wheel. So I'm like I go from the bu- I go to 500 and I go all the way back up to 2000 again and then I hit it with the buffer wheel and it was just optically clear. It was like it was like looking looking through the side of it was just as clear as looking through the top of it. So I in experimenting. To find a way to cut down on time, I effectively added another step. <laughs> That's typically how it goes. Yeah. Not leaving it, good enough alone. It's worth it in the long run. I, I, I love the look of it, and um, I'm going to continue to do it. Well, <clears throat> I like it. I mean, that was one of the first things I noticed. I know I talked to you about it at the show, and I did bring it up in the <clears throat> you know, the podcast after that but uh you know i i put i didn't lie to you when i said this bait is not going to get run it is going right in the museum <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah that's where it's at you can ask anyone I'm in that's the museum that's right that's uh that's a bait maker's dream what a goal <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> have your bait not touch water in the mu- yeah but to be in an yeah, old china cabinet amongst other baits that are precious to them well, at least I at least I know you'll never call me complaining that it doesn't run right. That's kind of nice. Oh yeah, there. You go. there. Yeah, maybe but I'm going to take it out, and then the, I can. The, the the very neat thing about this whole whole process is you're you're a, a talented woodworker, and uh, you're new to musky fishing, and you're putting on a quality product, but you're making these things literally from lip to tail. Uh, you're making everything but the hooks. Uh, That's right. Yes, he, he has a. Cool. And, and a, we have a refinery even, uh, for the for the uh, the ore that he's mining to make the own uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wire uh, forge. Yeah, but, uh, forge. You, you didn't even touch base much on um, how you started painting. You know, uh, how do you, how, oh, how, yeah. how, how you picked up on that so quickly? Um, that's another tough yeah. tough sell because people are such into oh, yeah. jobs and it has to be through wire and you picked up on that all very quickly in months yeah. you know um, that, so. that was a big challenge and the painting was definitely something that was well out of my wheelhouse i i guess i'm fairly artistic at best um but i i was using this cheap master airbrush and i was you know i was joining every single facebook group i could about painting lures and uh i i was just doing all the research into what brush to to get and i ended up getting a nice iwata uh the hpcs and um that that was something that i was i was really glad i did because i i noticed a big jump in my painting when i when i got a quality brush um in in just like every single batch that i did you know i saw a, a pretty good jump in my painting I got the hang of it pretty quickly. You, you just get to get a feel for reducing your paint and airbrush and, and airflow, um, layering colors. And 
uh, stencils and meshes and stuff like that. Um, you know, and there's so many different, there's so many guys that are so great at painting you know, these baits and there's just so many pictures for you can look through and really just analyze and get a bait in your hands and just kind of look at it really closely and just think to yourself, how, how did he paint this? And you just kind of pick up little, little by little. And, you know, before you know it, you're, you make a decent looking bait. I think your bait looked great. So, I, yeah, I, I think it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, um, I guess, I mean, we could, we could keep diving into this, but we're an hour and 24 in, um, I'm going to probably say, let's save some for something in the future. Sure. Talk a little bit. Um, yeah. Get, get your plugs it out again. Hit the, uh, the mega crawl. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to bring we'll that up. But that. Vance, Vance got to see that in person. I, yeah, I wanted to bring it up, but I'm going to tell you, when we go really long-winded sometimes, I think they <laughs> suffer. I, I want to keep something in the bank. I want to talk about that bait yeah. because right around 50 minutes, I'm like, I'm not going to get this one in today. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with that, hit up hit up your sure. plugs. Sure, front hold baits. Um, I make fishing lures and I sell them. If you want to buy one, uh, reach out to me on Facebook. Um Go to my Facebook group, ask to join the group, and I will approve you. And um, just message me, and uh, I'll do my best to get the bait into your hands. I, I'm really a small batch guy, um, so I'm not producing hundreds every week, but uh, uh, I'm I am definitely stepping up the number that I have been doing. Um, so I'll do my best to get a bait into your hands if you want one. And there it is. Thanks for joining us on the show. I, I appreciate. I mean this this was this was interesting. I love hearing how bait makers get to where they're at, and everyone's story is a little bit different. You know, hopefully we inspire some people, and you know, it's it it's a good thing. And uh, with that, I'm going to wrap this up. Big thanks to Fatty Z Musky Products, FattyZMuskie.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, MCFishingGuides.com. Call Todd. Book a trip with Todd or Vance and go, well, there's not a lot of dates available, but maybe someone will cancel and you can slide in there. Um, St. Croix Rods, Best Rods on Earth, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine Sports Center, Ken, Ohio, Baker Baits. Big thank you to Baker. Uh, his tournament's coming up next Saturday, I believe, Vance. Is that right? It's two Saturdays. Two Saturdays. Um, Chautauqua Lake Showdown. Uh, also in October, the beast from beast in the East beast from the East tournament. I messed that up. It's late. Uh, forgive me and muskies Inc. Join your local chapter and, you know, be part of a stronger voice in musky fishing. Uh, with that, thank you, Mike. It has been great. And thanks for having me. Oh yeah. It was, it was fun. And, uh, Hey, good luck fishing. <laughs>